0: This podcast is for educational purposes only and provides general home lending information. For specific home lending advice about your circumstances, contact a Chase Home Lending Advisor for more information. For more information on the various home buying resources mentioned in this podcast, please visit chase.com forward slash affordable.
1: Hey, I'm Nadeska and you're tuned in to season two of Beginner to Buyer. Beginner to Buyer is powered by Chase Home Lending and you can get helpful tools and resources to buy your first home by visiting beginnertobuyer.com. On our last episode, we had Dan Hoffacker explain home equity and he also showed us how to tap into that for repairs and upgrades. Creating a space that suits your needs and matches your style shouldn't have to bust the budget. Of course, some projects you can DIY and others you'll need to call in the pros. So the Scott Brothers are going to be here on this episode to share their expertise later on. But first, I chat with Lindsay DiAlba, who saves money by thrifting home decor for her fixer-upper home in Northern California.
2: I live in Rescue, California, and I live on five acres with my husband, Matt, my daughter, Skylar, and my son, Dylan. I'm an avid thrift store shopper, antique hunter, junk sifter. Um, I like everything that's old. <laughs>
1: That's really cool. Like, Lindsay, five acres is definitely a lot of space for activity. So tell me now that you're in the new home, first of all, congratulations. But what was your living situation before your family bought this home? So we were raising our son, Dylan,
2: in I think a 400 square foot apartment. Um, and then when we decided uh, we wanted to have more children, we knew that we had to leave that area. and We wanted a bit more space. Um, And so now our mortgage is actually less than our apartment, our one bedroom apartment in um, the Bay Area.
1: Yes, that's what I love to hear. Look, um, that small apartment lifestyle, we're completely used to that in New York, but 400 square feet with a child. Very, very impressive. So I have to say hats off to you both. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, once you started looking for this home, then um, tell me about the list of of must-haves for your home or some of the things that you were maybe willing to compromise on.
2: My husband and I both come from construction backgrounds. So uh, we kind of had a different look when we were um, looking at listings. We knew that we could get into something that was more on the fixer upper scale. Mm-hmm. And it didn't have to be turnkey. Um, and it, it fit our budget better.
1: <laughs> I mean, that definitely saves you a lot in budget. And I think a lot of uh, first time buyers are a little bit scared of taking on homes with uh, renovations. They think it might be a bit too overwhelming for them. So tell me in terms of planning financially, how much did being open to buying a fixer up or actually save you guys?
2: Um, It actually saved us a lot of money. My style tends to be leaning towards older homes. Um, And so when we were looking, um, there were homes that were more of like in the 90s style, um, stucco kind of, you know, cookie cutter, and it wasn't our vibe. And it actually, those homes were actually out of our price range. So when we did start looking for houses, the older houses we were more attracted to and they actually were in our price range.
1: Wow, okay, so that actually worked out really well. So what would you say is uh, your favorite feature of the home so far?
2: Um so the fav- my favorite feature of this home right now, I would say the open space, but also um, this particular home is modeled after a Frank Lloyd Wright um, mm. style. It's one of his students. So Frank Lloyd Wright is all about having the outside in. So we have huge vaulted windows, we have deep setted windows, um, and it's really about being able to see, see nature.
1: That sounds so beautiful. It sounds like the opposite of, uh, of my life in Brooklyn right now. So tell me then about the list of projects that you and your husband are working on so far. Like how long is the list? What have you started? What are you prioritizing?
2: The list is long. Uh, <laughs> each square foot of, of this home needs to be renovated. Um, and when we initially walked in, um, turned you know turned that key, and um, it was ours. We realized the number one priority would be to rip the uh, 1974 carpet out because I was allergic <laughs> to it.
1: Oh, okay, that's important, and it must have smelled amazing as well. I'm sure.
2: I, you know, it definitely smelled like your grandmother's house. Um, and now we just kind of have a, a list going. We wanted a little bit of a family space because. The house was more of an architectural dream and less of a family um, space. So our number one priority was trying to figure out where's the couch going to go? Where's the TV going to go to make a little spot for our rascals? So, you know, we, we blew out a few walls immediately, started demoing. Um, and now I'm kind of in that space right now.
1: Demoing always looks like a lot of fun on t- on TV. Is that accurate? You know, it is
2: really fun. um, And I've watched so many home improvement shows. It's a little bit trickier than you would think, because when you are demoing, you have to worry about um, electricity. Is there plumbing in this wall? Um, And you have to be a bit more careful than it looks like on TV.
1: That's a really good point. So tell me then, what things did you and your husband actually decide to take on on your own? And where did you feel like you really needed to call in professional help? (laughs)
2: <laughs> That's a good question. Um, we definitely like to do the demoing. We try to do um, as much as we can until it gets a little bit dicey with electricity or plumbing. Um, and then uh, we will hire in specific things, especially things that you know could be a danger. Uh, you know, I'm sure my husband would like to try the electrical, but being in an older home, I think it's really important to hire professionals uh, for those specific jobs.
1: You're absolutely right. And I think one of the issues that I've run into um, in the past couple of years is sometimes finding the right professional and also having them be available because so many people were doing work in the past couple of years. So were, was it easy for you guys to find uh, the right licensed people to come work on your home?
2: Yeah, you know, we've really kind of leaned into the community bulletin boards um, called Nextdoor. Mm. And um I feel like word of mouth and talking to the people in your community is the best way to find reliable sources to come into your home and to do work Um, for a lot of different reasons, because um, most of the time I'm home alone. My husband's a firefighter. So it's really important for me um, to vet the people that we have coming into our home for safety reasons.
1: Mm, that really, that makes a lot of sense. I love that leaning into the community board. So tell me a little bit about uh, the community. Was that something that was important to you as you were looking for your home?
2: Yeah, definitely. We actually just went to like a, a community barbecue last Friday to try to meet our neighbors because we're so spread out and um, everyone's kind of on five, 10, 15 acres. Um, so we wanted to go to the little barbecue and introduce ourselves and kind of meet people.
1: Um, and it was just really sweet. That sounds really nice. Well, what would you say that home ownership means to you and your husband now that you've had a few months to really start settling into your home?
2: Well, I mean, I could get really emotional about that, you know, uh, <laughs> living in a 400 square foot apartment with um, our little baby. Both of us had just finished um, our master's coursework. So I was teaching and my husband was in paramedic school to become a firefighter. We both remember this moment very clearly uh we were helped doing that fitted sheet in our bedroom. Um, you know, and we were down to our last $20 in our bank account. So for us to be on five acres now is just, you know, it's just a testament to hard work, but it's also a testament to our family members and the people that helped us because there's no way we would be able to be here without any of them and without help. So it's it's emotional. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it is, you know, and that's why I think it's important. And I'm happy that you took the time to share your story, because I think there are a lot of people listening who start to feel discouraged, you know, for, you know, whatever few reasons during the process, it could be a financial issue, it could be just putting in offers and things not getting accepted. So can you tell me maybe just a little bit about some of the challenges that you and your husband faced um, once you started like seriously trying to buy and how you guys were able to overcome that together?
2: Yeah, I think once we got down to our last $20, and we kind of decided,
1: you know, we weren't going to give
2: up, we paid down all of our credit cards, we made sure that our credit um, was impeccable, we kind of went down the laundry list of the things that you needed to do, we started saving that little nest egg, we were smarter with um, our finances and, and what we needed to do. And then honestly... You know, there's so many different ways to be able to get into a home, Um, and we we weren't really even aware of that. I'd love to credit my mom, who was a single mom my whole life, for pushing us to do it because she bought a house, I think, I don't know, in uh, 96, all by herself. Um, And so she's always been the one that says, you can do it. You can, you know, there's so many different ways that you can get a loan. There's so many different programs. Don't feel discouraged. You don't need, you know, $500,000 to put down. Um, You need very
1: little. So it's it's nice to hear that your family um was really supportive during this process for you as well. Um and so now that you're in the home and you're working through uh your list of of renovations um you mentioned budgeting before and I think again it's really important to talk about this. Once people move in, then you want to go shopping and fill the space with brand new furniture and those things can add up but I I've heard that you're actually a really avid thrifter and tell me how that's come in handy uh, in your new home.
2: Yeah, you know, um kind of Going back to um, my upbringing and my family life, uh, my mom was always a single mom, uh, didn't have a lot of money and supported my brother and I, I think all the way up until high school till we went to college. And so I didn't have, uh, we didn't have a lot of money, a lot of spare coins around. So, you know, being a teenager, I wanted to have the cool clothes. I wanted to have the things that were on trend and in style. So my mom would always take me to thrift stores. You know, stuff goes to thrift stores not to die, but it goes to wait to be reborn again. Um, And, you know, thinking about that with clothing, it's the same way with home decor.
1: You know, at this point where you're still doing some uh, upgrades and still decorating a bit, I'm sure, do you have any uh, lingering concerns or just, you know, what are you and your husband uh, thinking about now in terms of the house in the next few weeks or a couple of months?
2: So we both have different perspectives on house renovations. Um, (laughs) We we have our budget set aside in our um, account and it's kind of ready to go. And I think my husband likes looking at that money in the account, thinking it's going to stay there. Um, But my perspective is it's there for a reason. Let's get things going. What is better? To knock everything out really quickly or to slowly do the projects and (laughs) keep the money in the bank? Uh, I know how I would answer it, but I'm always curious to hear what professionals um, think.
1: I think that's a great question, because on one hand, it's really important to, to budget and have your rainy day fun. But on the other hand, you want to, you know, improve the space and make it enjoyable for you while you live there. So congrats on the home. I love this this dark colored wall behind you. And I hope you find some amazing more things while you're thrifting over the next few months to decorate. Thank you. <laughs> Thrifting some home decor can definitely help to save you money, and it sounds like Lindsay and her husband are also willing to do a lot of the renovations on their new home themselves. That will certainly save even more money, but it's really important to know when to call in professional help, and there are no better professionals to call than my next guest. Joining me again on Beginner to Buyer are Drew and Jonathan Scott. Since we spoke on the first season, you've both been extremely busy, busy renovating some houses
3: we've done a couple of houses you know nadeska yes. hasn't called us to renovate her house so that's my only issue yeah a little surprised that. by that but it's fine i mean we're here whenever you need us we're ready and it's, it's impressive too because we had so many people reach out on social media who had heard it before and they had so many more questions so i love that we're talking again because there's we could literally talk for hours and we do Yeah,
1: Of course. So let's jump into some of the really big questions that our listeners have, Uh, especially in the current market. A lot of people are always trying to find ways to save money. Buying a home is a huge purchase. So some people may consider uh, a fixer upper. So what advice would you give to a buyer who's trying to decide between getting a fixer upper or moving into a turnkey home?
3: Yeah. I mean, the first thing that we always try to get them to figure out is, What's most important to you within the home? Are you looking for you know, three bedrooms because you want to have one for your baby and you want to have one as an office? Is it the location? Once you narrow in on those necessities, then you can start to judge whether the, the new home is a better fit, whether you want less hassles of things to fix. A lot of times with an older home, you might get a slightly wider lot. You might get slightly bigger bedrooms. It just might be a little run down. Depends as well. If you have zero skills when it comes to fixing up the house or t- doing it you may not want to take on a fixer-upper unless you have the budget to actually renovate. But generally, you can get more house if you're willing to renovate than if you're going turnkey. Here's one other thing I'm going to say. A lot of people feel if they get a brand new home that there are no headaches. It's new, you know, it's fine. You're getting into it without headaches. You should always do an inspection on a new home as well because a lot of new homes actually have more problems than old homes. Just keep in mind. And think about what is going to make your life easier. The whole point of having a home is that it makes life easier because it you know gives you a safe shelter over your head it gives you a place to huddle with family and friends what is it that would make your life easier and anytime we have ever had a client who said well you know I know I'm going to need a little bit bigger yard I'll do it in a few years or maybe I need a home office but you know we can always get that in another house the problem is every time you sell your home you're paying transfer taxes legal fees real estate commissions all of these things that really digs into your pocket so you want to have sort of the mindset of this being an investment. And that's what I love about Chase, you know, they work with you about any scenario. And, and I love the idea that, that whenever I've worked with, with any of them, they've, they've said, okay, well, here are the things we want to make sure that the client's thinking about grow into your home. It's an investment, but it's also something that you're better off if you can find a product that can allow you that little extra buffer to get that little extra space. It saves you having to sell and pay all those transfer taxes. It saves a lot everything. of
1: headache. A lot of headache and definitely a lot of money to your point as well. Well, tell me, in your experience, what are some of the most common projects uh, that a first time home buyer might run into when working on their home?
3: I, I mean, one thing that I find... Uh, we need more time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Long <laughs> list. One thing that, and this is just up my alley, is organization. So like closet organization systems. I find a lot of people, when they get their first home, they totally forget about storage in the home. They just see maybe a pretty kitchen or a nice bathroom. They're like, this is the house for me. And then they move in and realize they have nowhere to put all their stuff. So they start trying to do some built-ins or some uh, multifunctioning furniture pieces, or they'll look at um, you know adding more storage to the closets. So maybe think ahead, try and find a place that already has that built-in, consider those elements. It might not necessarily add a lot of extra value to the home, but when you realize how much it helps you when you're living in the home, that's valuable. Because whenever you walk through a house, when you're looking at houses, keep in mind they have no stuff in them usually. So as soon as you bring all your stuff, it might feel a lot more congested. <laughs> But another a project I always do, the very, very first thing I always do anytime I bought a house, moved into a house, um, is swap all the light bulbs to LED, instantly bringing down your consumption of power. It's better for the environment, but it's also, you know, change fewer bulbs. Incandescent bulbs last for around one to 2,000 hours. LED bulbs on average last twenty five to 50,000 hours. So, you know, something like that I think is, is a real easy thing to tackle as and soon as you get it home automation is another great thing and it's so easy now to, to automate your home even if you have you know if you some houses they'll have like a weird thing like if it's a, a room heading down to a basement and the light switch is in the basement so you have to go down a dark hallway well now you can get remote light switches you can just stick it on the wall wherever you want and it'll operate the light you can get light bulbs that can literally the bulb itself operates from an app on your phone so Finding simple things or video doorbells that you can add just to make sure you're adding some safety and security to your home, too, is so easy. I wish it was that easy to be smart. I know. When I was in high school, I know. <laughs> He's still working on it.
1: Well, those are some really great uh, small and easy fixes, like like you mentioned, that just make your everyday life easier, which is really important after you just buy your first home and you're dealing with so many other issues. And in terms of scaling for those bigger projects now, there are some things you can do when you're already living in the home, like working on that closet system, for example. But what are some projects that you should absolutely every single time get done before you think of moving in?
3: Anything that's going to create a dusty, Unhealthy environment. Uh, I mean, we did this as well when we were younger. We would live in our renovations because we were too cheap to rent a separate place. Uh, but it's just not fun to wake up with a scratchy sore throat because of the dust from whether it's drywall or sanding or woodwork or whatever it is. Anytime you're doing that kind of work, you want to be out of the house. Not to mention, you know, when you're painting and whatnot, it's not good to breathe in all of those VOCs. Well, I think for other things too, maybe if you're looking at like protecting yourself, like home security. Um, Look at changing your locks right away. That's a given. Um, Upgrading your uh, CO2 detectors, uh, your carbon, uh, your fire uh, smoke detectors as well. Um, Considering fire extinguishers are actually something every house should have that most people don't have. Fortunately, you don't need to move out of your house to change your fire extinguisher. So yeah, you'll be good.
1: As we get into some of the bigger remodeling projects, there's always something to consider. And of course, it depends on your situation. Uh, If you're buying in a co-op, for example, you might have to worry about things like HOA rules. Everyone has to worry about budgeting. And something new I'm learning uh, when you're renovating, especially in places like New York City, you need permits for some of the bigger overhauls. So can you take us through some of these things, how important it is to consider all of these factors ahead of a remodel?
3: Yes, very important. So something most people don't realize Permits are required to do most work, especially if it's anything that's electrical, gas, structural, you need permits. Some regions, you literally need a permit to do something really small, even like change a light fixture, which I think is kind of crazy. But yes, so check your local area, what's required. And also keep in mind that if you ever go to sell your house, pretty much every real estate contract has something in there that says it is a latent defect if you have not disclosed unpermitted work which means if you finished your basement and you did not get a permit for all of the electrical work and everything that you did, and 20 years down the road, that house burns down because of faulty electrical, you are still responsible because you did not disclose to the buyers that you had unpermitted work in the basement, which inevitably caused fire. So it is very, very important to get permits. If for some reason it turns out you hired a sub, they didn't get permits and you thought they did, It's fine. You can go back retroactively to the city and get the permits. They want to make sure everything's safe. You might have to open the walls back up, but that's why the very first thing you want to do is make sure you're aware of what permits are required and make sure that your contractor is getting them. We've had three projects recently for our shows for Property Brothers, and it turns out that the homeowners had unpermitted work at the house. And so when we went to start our permitted work, the city required us to undo all of the unpermitted work and redo it properly before they would close the permit on the, exist, uh, on the new work that we were doing. So keep in mind, as soon as you're, you wanna do a major project, as soon as you open permits, they're gonna come and they're gonna look and make sure there's nothing else illegal. There's that can, there are the worms, look out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, permits are probably the least exciting uh, part of the process, but as you pointed out, one of the most important, if you wanna avoid any headaches down the line. And uh, another one is your HOA rules. Thankfully, hopefully a little bit less stressful than getting a permit, right?
3: I and do you know anything about uh, rules like uh, historical commission rules and things like that? No, <laughs> I mean, this is the thing, HOA regulations rules, it, it can, it's there for a reason, but it also can be a nightmare, especially if there's certain improvements. You know, We've had it, for example, where you're not allowed there were some uh, regulations about flooring that have been in this uh, one condo we were renovating. And it's been there for 30 years. The rule was you cannot have hardwood. Well, from 30 years ago till now, there are p- products that would consider, there are products like a hardwood or even a luxury vinyl or something that you can actually add a sound dampening layer underneath. And it, so- it sounds fine. It's the same as if you had a carpet or something. But because those products weren't there years ago, um, yeah. it's not in the rules. So you know, sometimes it's really hard to try and convince people to change something that was there from a long time ago. You just have to work with your HOA, and hopefully they can understand the value of what you're doing. Not that HOAs ever have people on there that are just bitter. No, no, no. <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, hopefully yours doesn't. Yeah, so. we're pretty fortunate with our shows. Pretty much all of the HOAs we've had to deal with on any of the shows, Celebrity I O U, you know, brother versus brother, they've been pretty darn good. Very yeah. supportive of what we're doing, but we also know. Building science and technology has improved over the last several decades, and so there are products now to solve pretty much any issue you could encounter. Just be careful if you're looking to buy a condo that there's some sort of an assessment and there's money being owed, because you could be getting into a real nightmare if you have a property that hasn't been properly managed and they don't have the funds to support what needs to be done. Well, that's always the big debate for someone, whether they want to own a single family home or whether they want to own a condo, because... With a single family home, you call the shots, you make the decisions, and there can be restrictions in communities and whatnot, but generally you call the shots, but you are are also on the line for all of the expenses with that single family detached home. With a condo, the great thing is shared expenses, especially for common areas. So you split that expense across everyone in the neighborhood, brings the cost down for everybody. Downside, you have HOA fees, and sometimes decisions are made that you may not want for your community, but because everybody gets to vote, you get voted out. I actually have a friend right now who's dealing with, they got into a condo, similar to what you said earlier, where they have one, they had no children at the time, then they had one child and now they have their second coming. And the problem is it was way too small even for them and the one baby. So now they have to move again to a new place, but they thought maybe we'll rent it out. And then the HOA has rental restrictions. Then they realized that when they rented out, they wouldn't make enough money to cover the HOA fees, insurance, tax, and everything else that they had to worry about. So at the end of the day, they're, they're going to lose money if they try to keep it. So once again, improving kids um, ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: no. I mean, as someone currently a living and, and working from home with a baby in a one bedroom apartment, I completely understand. Hopefully, you know, <laughs> they, they figured out a good solve to that issue.
3: Wait, should we be talking like, yes, we don't want to wake anybody.
1: Yeah. Don't worry. She's in another room with grandma right now. So she's okay. Well, so we spoke about uh, permits and HOA rules, all important things to consider. Um, And finally, budget. This is always the big one. Um, Of course, your budget is gonna depend if you're buying a condo or a co-op, it's gonna be less work than uh, buying a single family house, for example. But how should you approach this uh, aspect? When should you maybe have a contractor come in and give you an estimate? How do you really know what you're walking into?
3: Well, the big thing is numbers never lie. And I think the hardest thing for first time buyers is to take the emotion out of it because this is a really big emotional step for anybody buying your first home. Take the emotion out of it. Approach it like a business decision. And part of that is if you're buying a house that you know you're going to need to do a major remodel on or maybe even just like redo the whole kitchen, have it as a part of your purchase. You want to have someone come in and quote on that work uh, as a condition so that if for some reason it turns out that the numbers are all thrown out of whack, the kitchen's going to cost three times what you thought it would, then you know that you can walk away and this isn't the house for you. But it's very important. We usually say get three quotes from three reliable contractors, but don't find yourself in a position where you've committed to this house, you bought this house, and all of a sudden, ah, I didn't quote or I didn't get advanced quotes on on the work and now I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. I I find one thing that's really um, fascinating to me because we've dealt with so many homeowners over the years uh, that you'll find homeowners that think that they can handle the entire project on their own but they've never done a construction project before. I mean, you would never go into court and try and, you know, be your own lawyer if you needed a lawyer. You I would. you you know, I would always <laughs> want to have my, you know, home lending expert helping me with my mortgage. I wouldn't be trying to handle that side of it on my own. So why would you not have a contractor or a designer come in and help you prep yourself for success? And sometimes I find people they kick the tires more of a kettle that they're buying. You know, at the store as opposed to a house. Like, get in. This is your biggest investment. Get into this house. Look in the mechanical room. Do an inspection. If it's a house that has very specific issues or the community is known to have very specific issues like termites or something like that, also bring in a termite expert or an engineer if there's some sort of structural issue. Do this before you actually buy the house because otherwise, we've seen it. One of our episodes of Property Brothers, they knew that there was some kind of issue. It was on a hill. The house was on a bit of a hill in the back and there was some moisture damage and whatnot, it turned out, because they didn't inspect it, it was an $80,000 expense to restructure that whole back wall and put in all the steel supports and everything. That obliterated their budget to renovate. And so it was really hard. Figure these things out before you buy
1: OK, and as you mentioned, some people take on projects, DIY projects, or at least what they think are DIY, only to find out that it's not. So can you tell me quickly just a couple of projects that really are fine for, you know, the average human? You can look on YouTube, learn some things that you can like take on without causing too much damage.
3: Yeah, I mean, paint is the easiest thing because you can just paint over it again if you don't like it. We also have, even with our Scott Levin collection, we have peel and stick wallpaper wallpaper doesn't have to be the mess that it used to be and this peel and stick it will it'll stay it's not like it's just going to slough off the wall we use this for ceilings and walls as well and so that's something you could put it up and if you don't quite like it or if you're not really good at install and it takes you a few times you can line it up better and it's not making a mess of the space yeah, remove it without damaging yeah. the wall put it on bookshelves <laughs> as well in the back of a bookshelf um even flooring there are videos from professionals don't just get videos from some influencer online get videos online from professionals teaching you how to lay floors, how to do baseboard casing, trim work, things like that. All of this you can handle if you've got the time, make it a fun weekend project, do one space at a time.
1: Okay. And now if you do start a project and you realize that you are in over your head, um, you know, sometimes our ego gets in the way. How do you force yourself to just hang it up and call a professional (laughs) instead of digging yourself further into that hole?
3: You know, we have a lot of our homeowners when when we're talking to couples and you can see like, The moment we start to walk through and you see the handyman work that the husband had been trying to do and the wife just rolls (laughs) her eyes. And it's one of those things like, you know, obviously good try. But if you're if it's electrical or roofing or whatever else it might be plumbing that you should just leave to a professional, just take a breath and realize that drywalling is a prime example. Our dad loved to do drywalling, but it would take him a week to do what a professional could do in a day and a half. And so just understand the value of your time. A lot of people don't understand the value of their time. And I can give you a cheat sheet. If you're dealing with major electrical, major plumbing, or any structural, do not do it yourself. That has to be done by a professional and you need a permit. But uh, I know a lot of people who try and take on something and it's, you know, I, I keep referencing our shows, but you know, we've done over 575 episodes of our shows. We've helped a ton of families. And there was one house we went into in Texas and they decided to do a bunch of their own work because uh, in their laundry room, it was taking forever for their clothes to dry. And the the all the ducting from the dryer, the vent went up into the attic and then around to the back of the house. The, the pipe was too long. It was too slow. So he just decided to remove the pipe from the dryer. Turns out their furnace was also in the attic. And when we went up there, all the dryer lint from the dryer had coated their furnace in a giant flammable blanket of lint. Wow. Extremely Extremely dangerous, start so anything dealing with something that's electrical plumbing structure um, anything yeah. that could be dangerous fire hazard, you have to use a professional.
1: Okay, I don't think you could say that enough times and you know, even if you budgeted for a project you got quotes from three reliable contractors like you mentioned, it happens, you know, especially in in older homes that once you start. You know, doing some structural work, you you might run into some issues that you didn't necessarily expect. So, in addition to just the actual budget that you got from your contractor, how much should you have in your back of your mind as sort of an emergency fund during your renovation?
3: Contingency. Yeah, your contingency, it really does depend. I mean, if you have a house that looks like it's a lot older or has a lot more problems potentially that you can see as you walk through, you want to make that contingency more, maybe a 10 to 20% or more if you think you have to. But the main thing is, you know, Every house can have something. If you're doing a major renovation, you will come across problems. So don't, don't be somebody who is sort of like banking on the nothing goes wrong. Think of a bit of a worst case scenario. And then at the end of the day, if you have planned for it and you have the budget for it and then it doesn't happen, then you can sigh a relief and go on a vacation with the extra money. I think that's the thing. A lot of people are like, oh, I've got this contingency. It's perfect for buying a big screen TV. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not what your contingency is for. Your contingency should never be less than 10%. Um, we've even gone as high as thirty, thirty-five percent if it was a really problematic looking house. But um Your you know, house? Like, yeah, old <laughs> house. We came across a lot of stuff. Or if you want to upgrade, you know, for eco-friendly stuff, I think it's so important to to look at something that will reduce your your water consumption, maybe a gray water recycling or solar or storage, any of that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I think I think it's important to to be realistic. Because the other thing to consider too, when you're doing major renovation work, you are always and you can ask any contractor you will always come across something unexpected that's why you have to have the contingency sometimes it's a little thing sometimes it's a big thing but when you're also jiggling the house around with all the things that you're doing inevitably it will break another system another thing to keep in mind and you know this is something that will become more and more efficient as we have more innovation with new technology but decarbonizing your home is something that's becoming very very important Uh, you know, getting gas out of the home. A lot of people over the years, this is something that a lot of people may not realize. We have all been brainwashed to think that cooking over gas makes you the best cook in the world, that that's how the professionals do it. And it's actually not the most efficient. Induction is far more efficient. I mean, boil a pot of water in a fraction of the time. There are so many things that are more efficient, especially where we are in California. We don't need gas anymore. We have efficiencies to be able to uh, heat our water and, um, you know, cook in the kitchen and do all the things we want to do without gas. So keep in mind, new innovation is always getting cheaper and cheaper as it becomes more and more popular. Well, that's, that's why I was, I was so interesting because <clears throat> why is it you think we don't have campfires inside? Why is that? Hmm. Because the fumes yeah. are toxic. They'll right. kill you. Well, what happens when you're cooking over a gas flame or an old fireplace? The reason most people don't turn on their vent hood. That's the whole point turn on the vent hood, get those fumes out. Most people don't. So the indoor air quality can be really bad. So you see a real push toward air quality, water quality, all of these things. And even on the decarbonizing side of what Drew's saying, a lot of these technologies, they're going to make it so much easier to maintain your home too, which I love. Um, we've been dealing with these smart panels, span electrical panels, and they basically have an AI that monitors your whole house and it can tell you when your fridge is about to go. It can tell you if there's a problem with one of the electrical systems. In fact, you could even go, if there was an emergency and you had an electric vehicle, You, could, if your power goes out, you could go away, charge up your electric vehicle, come back, power your house off of your vehicle. That's where we're headed with the home. So, you know, trying to find ways to make sure that we don't have to be the ones who are always responsible for thinking of all these things because you just want to enjoy your home. Most people don't think about the big ticket items until they fail. And then all of a sudden they scramble, oh my gosh, What do we do we don't have air conditioning and it's going to be 100 degrees today so i love that the houses are actually getting smarter so they can Mm -hmm. help us with that maintenance
1: we talked about the contingency fund for when you're doing a big remodeling project but you know in general say you finally settle in you've done all your major projects uh, you still need to consider having uh, an emergency fund and a maintenance fund so can you tell us the difference between those for buyers who are still trying to understand that
3: yeah so one of the best ways because a lot of people for them, their their home is their retirement plan. So you want to make sure that you're taking care of your investment. It costs a lot less to maintain a property than it does to neglect a property, wait for something to fail and have to go and replace it at that time. So there are a few different things that we recommend. One is you definitely have to have a fund set aside in case you know your air conditioner fails or something fails. I personally like having a home warranty plan on the house. You can go at any time and implement a home warranty plan. And that, you know, they can be anywhere from, you know, 350 to 650, depending on the size of the house. And, um, you know, I had it in the past where my air conditioner went out, it was replaced completely covered by that. Whereas that would have been a $6,000 bill. And so for an annual fee of, you know, I think I paid 450 for my, my plan. It covers a lot of those things that could break down appliances, whatever. Um, but it's good to have that money set aside so that if there is an, uh, Oh, moment, You've got the cash to cover it because say, you know, we had one homeowner who, um, a tree fell, hit the roof. They didn't have insurance on the house. And all of a sudden they had a gaping hole and the next day it rained. Think of that. I mean, you, these are problems where they didn't have the cash to go and fix the problem right away. You have to have that money set aside. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing. Emergency fund is for the unexpected. A maintenance fund is for the things you're expecting and you're planning ahead, being proactive.
1: Where should you actually keep the emergency fund? I think that's something people wonder about. Should it be in my savings account, my checking and a CD and bonds and stocks? What would your advice
3: be? Needs to be somewhere where you have access to it without penalty. Um, So, you know, depending like if you put it into a bond or something, sometimes you can take a penalty if you pull it out. Um, Keep it away from the person in your household who is a shopping addict because that's a terrible place to put it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't put it there. I, I think the main thing is you need to talk to your professionals the same way you would come to talk to us for construction or design or real estate, uh, you know, buying and selling. Talk to your, talk to Chase. I mean, talk to your lending expert, talk to them about what your options are. And and again, that's what I love with our relationship that we have with Chase. Everything that we, would, that we could consider that we would need, you're bringing options to us. Whereas I've, you know, I've found in the past sometimes it's like pulling teeth, trying to know what my best options are. Um, you Chase always brings forward the absolute best options for you because they actually care about your family. It's a long-term relationship. Yeah. I think they want to grow with you as you grow with your home. And, and another thing too, actually to add on is I think it's so important. You know, Anytime I moved into a new house, I've got two dogs. The first thing I do is research where's the closest vet, where's the closest dog hospital, all of those sorts of things. Do the same thing with your house. You should have a list of a handy person who can help things out a plumber you know electrician have a list of of helpful people that that can come in the event of an emergency then you're not scrambling for somebody last minute if you need it but it's nice to have that planning done in advance because then if an emergency happens it's not quite so chaotic Wait, there's dog hospitals and vets yeah those are two different things i didn't know that didn't know
1: that either All right. Learning some unexpected things (laughs) today. Uh, Appreciate you both uh, taking the time. I have a couple more quick questions and then I will let you go. Um, You know, I think that uh, when you're remodeling your home, you're going to do different projects depending on what's important to you and your family at that time. Like you said, you want to find a way to grow into your home instead of always having to move to make changes. But universally speaking, what are some of the improvements that will always, always add value to your home?
3: Lighting, I think, is a big thing. Um, Anytime a home has statement lighting, but also an abundance of light, it makes a space feel brighter, bigger. It makes a space feel much more inviting. So that's something we've always said, if you're going to look at something that's adding value, lighting is a very important thing to look at. I mean, one that's an obvious though, is also function in the kitchen. I mean, function in the whole home is important, but also function in the kitchen, because usually for most families, that's the center of the home. So making sure that you're creating enough prep space surface space if you like to entertain whatever you however whether it's just the family or entertaining you have the room to maneuver and actually have people in the space with you and sometimes thinking we, we call it like the the ick factor if you're going to sell the more times a buyer looks at something and goes
1: Ew. ooh,
3: <laughs> the the worse it is so even if you're living in the house you're staying in the house if you're going to add something do a renovation if it's something that's so particular to your specific needs that it probably wouldn't really appeal to other people, you're probably not adding value. In fact, you're probably taking value away. So always think of, you know, the projects you want to take on. And is this something unbiasedly that a broad spectrum of people would enjoy? And if so, you're adding value. I think one other thing I would, I would point out is home safety, security, and automation is an important thing that will add value to the home. Uh, When somebody feels safe in their home, they, they see more value there. There's no science to how you're selling your real estate. There are really very few things that affect whether a house will sell. And you know one of those, we always say it's one of three things. There's a problem with the neighborhood. Very rarely is that the case. There's a problem with the house. Sometimes it can be something that needs to be renovated. Or there's a problem with the price. Every single house will sell if the price is right. So if you list your house and have no activity or maybe you have some people look and then nobody comes back, nobody looks. And after a couple of weeks, you realize no responses. That is a clear indication that there's a problem with the price. So that's why we always say, look at the math, take the emotion out of it. The numbers don't lie. And, you know, fingers crossed, you know, there's some things you yeah. renovate that add value and you can get more money when you sell. And there are other things you do that, yeah, it might make it sell faster or look cool, but you're not going to get any more money for it. And this is where it comes back to if you own the house or if you're a first time home buyer, you, you can get emotional. You're emotionally connected to this. Uh, the new house and the whole whole situation, that's why you work with professionals. Whether it's your home lending expert, whether it's your contractor, your designer, whoever it might be, we are here as non-biased third party to come in and try to make this process easier and then use our judgment from our experience to be able to make this an easier process for you.
1: Absolutely. And as the experts, here's my last question for you. Uh, Say you've lived in your home for some time now. You really planned, you budgeted, you did all the renovations and remodeling that made sense for your family, but things still aren't working or you're not comfortable or happy. How do you know when it's time to just move on to your next home?
3: Have a really great real estate professional that you know and trust who can run the numbers for you and tell you what you would likely sell the house for right now run the numbers for you and let you know what the house would be worth with certain additional improvements to it and and have a contractor quote on what the cost of those are. Again, the numbers don't lie. Some people, they love the history of a home or they love the story of a home. But if they really, really wanted to be honest and they wanted to bring it up to the standards of what they need for it to function for their family, it would be a bad investment. And there are a lot of times, it's not even like 50-50, like there are a lot of times where We hear someone say, Oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. That's great. You'll, you'll never get that money back out of it. Even if you put in a pool, for example, if you were to put a pool in today to pretty much any house and have to sell it tomorrow, you would not get that money back. You probably get half of that money back. It has to be something that you're confident that you're going to get a lot of use out of. You're going to use it for years and that's great, but you got to look at these things and say, is this a good investment? And if it's not, it answers it for you. You might have to look at another property. It really does come back to one of your first questions as well as, you know, what to look for. And if you go back to that list that you made that are the top priorities for you, whether it's neighborhood or number of bedrooms, whatever it is, and then you look again at your home and if you're not checking off or reimagining the layout of your home, if you can't check off those things, time to move. In in the wise words of our friends, David and Hillary, you have to decide, are you going to love it? Are you going to list it? (laughs)
1: I love those two, Drew and Jonathan. Thank you again so much. It's great to have you back uh, on season two. And just look out for me reaching out to ask you for advice. I'm just learning how expensive it is to fix aging plaster and skim coat walls. So, you know, I might have a lot more questions for you still.
3: Good Good luck. (laughs) All right, (laughs) thanks so much.
1: As usual, Drew and Jonathan Scott gave us a lot to think about. I'm definitely gonna check and make sure I have a functioning fire extinguisher accessible somewhere in my home and you should too. Next time on Beginner to Buyer, we'll learn what an ADU is and how your home can be an additional source of income. Until then, you can learn more by visiting beginnertobuyer.com and consider checking out season one of the podcast as well. Beginner to Buyer was created by Magnet Media and Chase Home Lending. Our executive producers are Ashley Bobo and Akash Baswani. Our lead producer is Pamela Lawrence and our media editor is Matthew
0: DiPietro. This podcast is for educational purposes only and provides general home lending information. It is not intended to provide legal, tax, or financial advice, or to indicate the availability or suitability of any JPMorgan Chase Bank, NA, product, or service. Chase is also not responsible for and does not provide or endorse third-party products, services, or other content discussed in this podcast. For specific home lending advice about your circumstances, contact a Chase home lending advisor for more information. If you'd like to check out the Home Buyer Assistance Finder, Chase My Home, the Dreammaker Mortgage, and other home buying tools and resources mentioned in this podcast, make sure to visit chase.com forward slash affordable.